Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Master the Mouse. Hit it, maestro. Welcome to episode 24 of Master the Mouse. I'm Aaron. With me, as always, is my pal Griffin. Griffin, how are you? Hey, buddy. I'm good. Happy February to you. Uh, Excited about our episode tonight. It is February already. This year has gone by fast already. Yeah, absolutely. Luckily, our new structure is helping me keep up with what we're going to talk about this week. Don't you love it? It makes everything easier. I do have to admit, though, just so everyone is aware, we're a little late getting this episode out and our sincerest apologies, but Griffin has decided to up and move his family to to Birmingham, Alabama. So uh, we had to deal with Griffin's move and going back and forth. And so we're a little bit late, but we have a valid excuse. But regardless of all of that, here we are. Yes, it's 100% my fault, but here we are. It's not anyone's fault. It's just life. That's just the way life is. Yeah, life is crazy. The irony is that I was in the city where you live, and yet we still didn't record because I was so busy moving, and now we're separate, and now we can record. Yeah, it's funny how technology works, right? Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, this this is our... I I hesitate, but I may call this my favorite of our episodes just because I love Question of the Episodes so much. Oh, easily. Hands down. You know, you're not supposed to tell your kids which one of your kids is your favorite. Right. So, like, I feel a little bit of responsibility not to call which episode is my favorite, but hands down, without a doubt, my favorite episode to record is our Question of the Episode episode. Right. It's going to be famous at some point, but uh, I agree. Fun to make, hopefully fun to listen to. On a side note, I did have someone reach out to me and say they really enjoyed using the tagline, Rope Drop the Rope Drop. Oh, really? Okay. I think we need to get t-shirts made or something because I feel like that may be one that catches on. I, I agree. We need to we need to capture that and uh, print some t-shirts. I think we should start pushing that as a hashtag on all of our social media accounts. Rope drop the rope drop. Okay, I like that. Um, and it, it captures the essence of what we're about. That's why I really like it. Me too. I love it. All right, I digress. Anyways, let's jump into this. Question of the episode. Griffin, I'll let you kick us off. Okay, I'm going to ease us in on this one. Most of our listeners are aware of the format, but you're going to tell me if this is overrated, underrated, or properly rated Cinderella's Royal Table inside Magic Kingdom. Okay, I have a confession to make. I know. You've never been there. I've never eaten there. Wow. But yet, I feel like you'll probably still have an opinion. I do very much have a strong opinion. <laughs> or maybe the fact that you've never eaten there is kind of gives us a hint of what you think. I think maybe it may give you a clue onto what I think about it. So here's my, here's my deal. I think that it is a great experience for someone to go eat inside the castle. There's something that, that is cool about that that you can just say, guess what? I had a meal inside Cinderella Castle at Magic Kingdom, which I think is awesome. Yeah. The, the fact that the princesses are there is even more awesome. But here's the rub. Like, if that were anywhere else, I would probably want to do it. But Magic Kingdom is the most jam-packed park. And unfortunately for me, and I know you're in the same situation, Griffin, is that, I mean, we don't live down there. We don't get to go to the park on a whim whenever we want to. And maybe if I had that ability, 
then I would think that it was underrated because I could just go do that meal whenever I wanted to and wouldn't feel pressured to go have to ride a bunch of rides and everything like that. But because it's in the flagship park and we only get limited amount of time to spend in that park, I don't want to spend it at Cinderella's Royal Table. I don't. That, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think I would say overrated as well. I think you, I guess the way I usually tell people when they're asking me is I, I think it's good to do once. So I'm now telling you, you should do this once. But uh, you know, just to say that you've done it, it's a great, it's a fun experience. But I think the main thing in my mind is you can get that experience elsewhere without as much of the, the hassle. You know, the two dining credits really hurts on the dining plan. And there's plenty of other character meals where you can meet the exact same princesses for one one dining credit. So that's a huge thing. If you're paying out of the pocket, the price is very intense. And like you said, the main thing is that you ate inside the castle. That's really what sets it apart from the other, you know, character dining meals across the park. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it on the head. If I'm going to spend a dining credit to meet the princesses at a character meal, I'm probably going to Acker's house over in Epcot. Yes. I mean, that's what I'm probably going to go do. Yeah, that's the one I'm, I was thinking about. I, I agree. I think that's, again, it's similar as far as quality and the characters are going to be very similar, but, you know, it's less expensive. Have you guys eaten there? Have you done the Cinderella Royal? We have. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I guess our last big trip. That was, I don't, I don't know how we ended up with that, but I think I had that urge of like saying, I just really want to say that I've done this at least once and let my kids experience when they're kind of younger. And it's, you know, it's fun. I mean, they give the boys a sword, they give um, the girls a wand, you know, you go in downstairs, you take your picture with Cinderella, then you go upstairs um, to the mill. So it's definitely got some, some cool things about it. So I don't regret that one mill. I just don't know that it makes a lot of sense to keep going back. Okay. I think that's fair enough. Okay. What do you got? All right, I got one for you. I'm going to stay inside Magic Kingdom. I'm going to switch it up, though. Instead of doing a restaurant, I'm going to do a ride. Okay. And I'm going to be completely honest. I can't remember what questions we have asked in previous weeks. (laughs) So this may be a repeat. That's awesome. I have a running list, but once we start doing these episodes, I haven't been keeping up with it. But I think we can do it. Okay. This is one of... Oh, no, I almost gave it away like I was going to say something about this, but I, I'm just I'm just going to come out and say it. Okay. Overrated or underrated, the carousel of progress. Hmm, that's, that's a tough one for me because it just depends on what mood I'm in. So I guess I'm going to say properly rated. It's a bailout. Wait, yeah, that's not an option in this game that we're playing well, anymore. Wh- let me ask you this. What do you think the Disney community at large thinks of the carousel of progress? I think... The tried and true Disney fan and the longtime Disney fan thinks that that ride is underrated. I think, I, I think the nostalgia factor, the fact that that was Walt's, you know, introduction into the World's Fair, that you know that's been an attraction in the Magic Kingdom for as long as I can remember. So I think for all those reasons, the diehard Disney fan is going to say, yeah, that that attraction is underrated because it's a classic. Now, I think the new school Disney people, the the folks that are amped up about the new Tron roller coaster coming to Magic Kingdom and like all the new things that Disney is doing in the way of transportation, in the way of new rides and new technology, I think they're the folks that are probably saying, hey, you know, we could probably 
repurpose that area and do something different with it. And because of that, that attraction is overrated. Let's move on. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. I feel like there's a lot of people that really appreciate it and it's got so much history in it. But, you know, I'd be lying if I said it. I mean, my kids aren't walking in saying we we got to head up the carousel progress. We got to. So I, I kind of see both sides of it, but I guess because of the Walt history, I, I'm going to go slightly underrated. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it's underrated. I think it's, you know, for me, it's one of my favorites quite personally. And I quick personal story. My brother at his wedding played this as a part of the music out on the dance floor, the theme song to this this attraction so really? i mean wow. look it it's it's a part of our dna I guess. yeah i guess so it runs in the in your family blood at this point all right let's move on what's the next thing that we got all right overrated or underrated pre-park opening adrs oh okay i am going to gosh you know what Are you speechless i'm going to qualify just for a second i'm going to answer your question i promise but Honestly, I think the answer of being overrated or underrated honestly depends on the park too. So I'll speak in generalities, but also with the caveat that, you know, it, it honestly depends on the park too. So I, I think for me personally, I think they're underrated because if you schedule the right one at the right time in the right park, you're going to reap some pretty incredible benefits. But if you do it wrong, or you do it at the wrong park, then you're not going to get much bang for your buck there. And it's a waste of time and potentially waste of money too. And for those reasons, I would say it would be overrated. But for me personally, just because I kind of get what we're trying to accomplish there, I'm going to say that it is underrated. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you make a great point that it's very specific to the park and it's kind of like the person doing it needs to know what they're doing or it can go wrong. So yeah, I agree. I think the two that come to mind that to me is underrated are Garden Grill and Be Our Guests. And the reason both of those are enjoyable experiences and both of those get you in a very specific part of a park um, for early rides. Um, so I love those two as options. But like you said, if you pick a different place, if you pick um, the... Sorry, I'm drawing a blank. If you put Tusker House or Hollywood and Vine over Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios, you're not going to get as much bang for your buck or Crystal Palace in Magic Kingdom actually puts you behind the masses now um, to get in the park. So I love using them, but you got to use them correctly. I agree. Yeah. And just so everyone knows, well, I, here's one thing, though, to be honest, the the I agree with all of those, especially the Tusker House and the Crystal Palace. The one qualifier I think maybe might be Hollywood and Vine. Because when you think about getting into Hollywood Studios, right now they hold everyone back behind the turnstiles until it's time to rope drop that park, right? right. And and so, you know, occasionally actually they'll they'll start to let people in, but they'll hold them kind of on the boulevard right there before you can actually get in full fledged into the park. Yeah. But if you have that Hollywood and Vine reservation, they'll let you in. I haven't ever tried it personally, but my guess is. If you had that reservation and at least got through the turnstiles and down the boulevard, if you still bumped and run your reservation, and what we mean by that is just modify your reservation to a different day once you're inside the park and then cancel it from there so you're not incurring any penalties. If you did that once you were through the turnstiles, you would at least be at the front of the line to get back into Toy Story Land. And there's some benefits there for sure because you could not you could potentially knock out that entire 
land in Hollywood Studios with zero fast passes. Not that you would necessarily want to do that, but it's a possibility. And so that one I may consider doing, but as far as like locked in and the ones that I think are underrated, for sure Garden Grill and for sure be our guest. Yeah, no, you're right. I think I it, I probably misspoke about Hollywood and Vine because you're right. I think that has potential advantage. And I think last time I checked, I think you could actually – they would let you go sign up early for the Jedi training Academy. If you had Hollywood and bond reservations, like get up from your table, go and then come back. Um, last I heard, which is a nice little perk. If you're looking to do that and be able to rope drop a ride. All right. Next question. I'm going to stick with the rides first for one more question at least. Okay. And going to ask you a question about another ride. Okay. I don't think we've hit this one either. So overrated or underrated, Living with the land. Oh, yeah. That was actually on my list of possibilities. Uh, underrated. I, I love living with the land. What can I say? I think it's, it in general, it's not going to have a terrible line. Although if you pick it at the wrong time, you, you can hit a big line. Um, I love kind of comboing it with Soren, you know, in a touring plan when they're right there together. Um, and it's just one of those great Disney rides in my mind where you, get to rest your legs. You get to enjoy your scenery, maybe even learn a little something. I love the fact that you can see it from garden and grill. So I think with my kids, we usually are a garden grill first. So they see the ride, they kind of get excited about it and then we get to go do it. So um, for all those reasons, underrated. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Living with the land actually is one of my favorites. I, I can't even pretend like it's not. I enjoy it every time that we go and love seeing all the different hidden mickeys in the ride you know they'll they'll put plants in different shapes and you know a lot of times in the um uh, aquarium not aquarium but aqueduct exhibit you know they'll put you know some of the nets in the shape of a hidden mickey and things like that so that's really cool just as even like a little scavenger hunt a game within the ride so to speak have you ever done like the um behind the seeds tours there at all no i've, I've heard of that but I, I haven't i haven't done it I haven't either. I've heard that they're really fascinating. I'd love to get in on that at some point. But um, yeah, I, Living with Land, one of my favorites. So I'm right there with you. I'm saying that it is underrated. Okay, great. All right, it's uh, back to me. Okay, I'm going to ask you about something that's uh, not a ride or a park or anything like that. So would you tell me you think about this particular touring strategy? I don't really have a name for it. I'm going to call it the uh, the post-firework hang back. When you're in the masses at any particular park, the fireworks are over and the mad dashes are made for the exits. Um, what do you think of the strategy of just hanging back in the park, even if rides are closed and you can't go ride anything else? I love it. I think that it is underrated. I think that's one of the best things you can do to end a night in an evening at the park. Now, there's obviously caveats to that too. If you've got kids that are just screaming their heads off, then you know it's it's time to go back to the resort and go to bed. But if they're like already asleep and in the stroller or they're fine to continue on in the rest of the evening, then I think it is good to hang back cuz all you're going to do honestly is get your heels stepped on you're going to step on other people's heels you're going to get to the bus stop or monorail or boat stop and you're going to have to wait yeah and you're going to have to wait in a line with you know a bunch of people they're going to be hot and sweaty and cranky and tired too and nothing good can come from that so i'm a big fan of sticking back 
enjoying the last few moments that you can inside of the park and there are some cool things that can happen while you're back there you know in, in magic kingdom they do a good night kiss every night um, and it's just audio recording that happens throughout the entire magic kingdom theme park and so it, I mean, there's some special things that happen at the end of the evening if you just hang back and wait for a while so I, I'm a big fan of it. I think they're underrated. I think you have two options when fireworks performances are wrapping up. It's either leave early. Like if you know your kids are done and it's time to head out, leave early and go hop in line and avoid the huge crowds or wait back and let everybody file out and take your time getting back and enjoy those last few moments. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you underrated. I think this is one of my favorite things to do. And really the only exception I can think of would be like, if you're staying at the contemporary and you're at magic kingdom and you can walk back ball means head on back. But if you're just going to stand in line for a bus or even as much as I love the monorail, the monorail lines can be, killer at that time of night um i love hanging back um in all the parks and i think a lot of the kind of souvenir shops and stores are going to stay open so there's you can kind of take your time and peruse through a store and I, we've done that several times with our kids and it just seems to go better so I, I don't think people think about doing it a lot i think as soon as the fireworks are over they just start following the masses but i, I usually try to drag my family over to the side on a sidewalk and just sit and let everybody pass us and you can have some fun in a pretty empty park yeah it is kind of a best kept secret because there's a lot of cool things like i said before there's a lot of cool things that you can do in the park when there's no one else there i mean everybody's worried about filing out and you can find some time to get that piece of chocolate or a mickey bar or a souvenir or you know in some instances you might be able to snag one last ride or something like that so i i'm i I can't recommend that enough, actually. Now, the more that I sit here and think about it, the more I think, unless my my group that I'm with or my kids are just at a point where they just can't go on anymore. And I'll be honest, sometimes that's me, right? Sometimes yeah. it's like I've had enough. I've carried a kid on my shoulders all day long. Like I'm done. Right. So I, I get it from that standpoint as well. Like you just have to pack it up and call it call it a day. But Given the opportunity, I think that I would always choose to stay a little bit longer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this goes in, in in step with you know what I love, which is the midday break with a potential nap. Um, if you do that, you're much more likely to be able to stay late in the park. Um, so combine those two and you'll have more fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Are we moving on? Is it time to move on to the next question? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I got one for you. I am switching it up. No more rides for me for this episode. I'm, I'm going to change the, the pace a little bit here. Okay, I'm ready. All right, overrated or underrated, refillable popcorn buckets? Uh, you know, I think it depends on the situation. So I'm going to say maybe, uh, this is tough. I want to say properly rated again, but I know I'm not allowed to. Nope, not allowed to. All right, so let me let me talk first, and then I'll come down on my final answer. So on the dining plan, I would say that it's overrated. Um, if I'm thinking through this right, I think every time you get a refill, that counts as a snack credit. Um, and I think that refills $1.75 from what I'm recalling. So that is not a great use of a snack credit to spend $1.75 on, on a refillable popcorn. But I will say if you've got a big family and maybe you're not on the dining plan or you've just got a lot of snack credits you know, to burn, yeah, I think we've all had this experience of being in the park and everybody just wants to snack. 
And if you're not careful and you let everybody pick out their snack, you're going to drop $20, $30 in one pot just for a midday snack. So for the, in those situations, I do love the refillable popcorn bucket because you can let everybody snack for you know a couple of bucks. Um, so I like them in that situation. I also like you know, at Epcot when you can get the refill with some flavored popcorn that is occasionally available. So that's a nice deal. So all that's being said, I'm going to say slightly overrated. It's just popcorn. Yeah. Here's the thing to keep in mind that regardless if you're on the dining plane or not, you do have to buy the bucket originally. So, and that's not on the dining plan, right? Correct. So even if you're on the dining plane, you have to buy the bucket. And then once you buy it, you can use a snack credit to refill it. But like you said, I don't know if it's the best use of a snack credit. I'll say this. If you buy a popcorn bucket, a refillable bucket, a lot of times, if you're not getting a specialty bucket, like one of those, you know, Mickey Mouse dressed up in a ghost outfit or, you know, a a particular bucket, if it's just one of the standard and it's got like a print on it, then you can probably take it and get it refilled every time you go. I don't know that, that the folks and the cast members at those stations care a whole lot of what your bucket actually looks like. As long as it's the Disney authorized bucket, a lot of times they'll just refill it for $1.75. So where I think it becomes underrated is that if, if you're a person that likes popcorn and likes, like you said, Griffin, to snack while you're in the park, then buy a bucket one time and take it on your next three trips and it becomes a very, very valuable tool and thing for you to have. Yes, I, I agree with that. That That is clearly an underrated strategy. Here's the problem. Um, in my house, the chances I'm able to keep a Disney bucket in my house without my wife throwing it away but for six months or a year before our next trip, uh, it's not great. So I, I never get to keep these buckets. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> So I think the last time we had one, it ended up getting used as a sand toy by one of my kids. And then it was not not fit for popcorn after that. But I agree. I'm going to try to do better on saving my popcorn bucket. All right. Let's tackle this next question. All right. I'm up, right? Yep. You're go. Okay. I want you to tell me about uh, San Angel Inn over in Epcot World Showcase. Have you ever eaten there? Uh, and regardless, give me your opinion on it. I have eaten there. Okay. And gosh, this is a hard one because in my heart of hearts, you know what? I'm going to answer I'm going to answer it truthfully and honestly. Okay. I think San Angel Inn gets a bad rap. I think a lot of people assume that the food isn't that great and that restaurant is more about the atmosphere than it is anything else. I've eaten there a couple of times and every time I've eaten there my food's been great. The service has been great. The ambiance has been great. I love everything about that restaurant and I love where it's located. And for those reasons, I'm going to say that it's underrated and I, that's what I'm going to say. And I don't care who disagrees. Okay. That's what we need. This is what this is designed for. Strong opinions, right? No, no properly rated. No, I'm going out on a limb here and saying, don't at me if you don't think that it's underrated. Yeah, and you know, I, truthfully, I've, I've been in there quite a bit, um, even walked through there just to check it out. I've never sat down and eaten there, but part of the reason why is just because, like you said, it has a bad rap in the in the Disney community. You start reading about it and it scares you off. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's like 
the reviews that you read will say, oh, well, it's dimly lit and the food quality is poor. And the reason that the food quality is poor and the restaurant is dimly lit because they don't want you to see what you're eating. Like, it's stuff like that. And I'm like, look, like if you order what you know that you like and you're eating it in a, you know, mock restaurant that is outside in Mexico, like just everything about that is cool everything right yeah every time that we've eaten there it's it's been like hey we left that meal and we thoroughly enjoyed it and had a great time yeah i'm with you and one of my things with eating at disney as much as i would sometimes want to just go to the best food places i want to eat at places that i cannot eat at at home in my hometown or where i live and i think sun and hill Inn falls in one of those categories just because like you said the atmosphere is so unique and what disney does best so I'm, I'm with you yeah i mean if you want you know chicken nuggets and french fries go eat at the electric umbrella and keep your opinions about sand and hell into yourself right yeah and i mean it's mexican food to me I, most people can find something they like you know you know if you like mexican food or not right absolutely yeah okay you i'm, I'm trying it next time for sure then Ooh, i got passionate about that one yeah, that was. That was like free research for me. I just like kind of trying to figure out if I'm going to eat there or not. Now I know. Definitely yes. All right. I'm going to I'm gonna go a little bit broader on this one. I'm going to say overrated or underrated, the holiday parties at the Magic Kingdom. So you got a couple. You got Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, and you got Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party in general. Are those overrated or underrated? In general, overrated, and I, I feel pretty confident saying that. Um, and for and for a couple of reasons, obviously the the biggest one is price. Um, you are paying a lot of money to go to Disney World, and it is a lot of money to go to those um, holiday parties. I think probably one of the biggest mistakes I've seen made, and I've had friends do, is you know if you have a four or five day park hopper. Um, and one of those days is you also pay to go to a holiday party. That's just an insane amount of money you're paying to spend all day at the park. Um, I think it makes a little more sense if say you've got a two or three day park hopper, but the day you go to the holiday party is the only time you go to the park that day and you make that a resort day and you go into the park, you know, in the afternoon around four when you can get in. I think that makes a little more sense for the price. Um, but the price is the big hang up that, that I have. And I guess the other big hang up I have is, is, is the growing crowds. Um, I think when I think, when I used to think about holiday parties, I thought about no lines for rides and easy access. And I just don't know that that's the case anymore. It sounds like you can still wait, uh, especially on the prime times and, uh, you can wait a long time for special characters and you can it's, see a really crowded first parade a lot less crowded for the second parade usually. Uh, but for all those reasons, I'm saying overrated. I'll speak to the experience that we just had this fall when we went to the Halloween party. And I, you know, it was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was crowded, but we structured the evening in a way where we were able to take advantage of just about everything that we wanted to do. And for that reason, I'm going to say that they are underrated, but I, I get it. If you go and your intent is to see those special characters, you're going to wait in line most of the time. And so then you've just pay, paid a hefty premium to wait in line to see someone. And you're only going to get like one or two of those in before the party ends. So what we did when we went is we rode rides 
and got through all the candy lines. And when that first parade hit, we rode more rides and we did all that while the parades were going on. Then we watched the Hallowishes performance. And then we took in the second parade and we were able to do just about everything that we wanted to do. And because of that, I think it's underrated, but I totally get your perspective, Griffin. If you're not, if you're not doing it the right way and you're trying to squeeze in an earlier time in the parks, then it's going to be tough to, uh, to make that worth your while. Yeah. It sounds like with anything, it's all, I mean, a lot of it's about expectations and a lot of it is about, you know, strategy. So, you know, knowing what you're getting yourself into and making sure you've got a good plan, just like you described. I've heard a lot of people would agree with you that if you can hit up the second parade, if you've got the stamina to stay up that late, your experience is going to be much better. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. All right. We got time for one more. You got one more question for us? I do. This one is a little bit in line with what I just asked you. I'm going back to the Mexico Pavilion. I'm going back to a ride that I Gosh, forgive me if we've done this, but let's talk about it again. The Grand Fiesta Tour boat ride through the Mexico Pavilion. Overrated or underrated? Underrated. I love it. I'm a little bit sad because there's rumors floating around that that ride is going to be transformed into a Coco ride, which I love the movie Coco, by the way. I think if we're talking about movies, it's underrated for sure. Yeah, it's a great movie. I So I love that movie, but I'm a little bit sad because there are rumors floating around there that say, hey, you know, the Mexican Pavilion is going to turn around and refurbish that ride and turn it into a Coco ride, which I'm sure that they would do a fantastic job on. But I love the Grand Fiesta Tour. My kids love that ride. There's just something very just fun about that ride. You know, it's obviously a no thrills ride. It's not anything that, you know, you're going to leave your vacation and say, that was my favorite thing that I did the whole time. But the kids seem to always enjoy it. And because they're enjoying it, I enjoy it. And it's just lighthearted. And and I love that about that ride. So uh, for those reasons, I'm going to say that it is underrated. Yes, I completely agree. Um, there's so many things I, I love about that ride and you just described a lot of them. So I, I don't want them to make it Coco just cause I don't want it to get too much like hoopla that the ride, that the lines start getting long. Cause that, I mean, you can basically walk on it anytime. And, uh, I don't know if you've had this experience, but either when I've gone with people or when I've planned trips with people, you know, they'll come back and be like, I would not have known that that ride was there. If you would not have told me, like I would have walked right through the Mexico pavilion and never known there was a ride. And I think there's a sign and, but it's, and if you're not reading your map and you're just perusing, you're not going to, you're not going to see it um, just walking the pathways and know to go back there. So I, I love the fact that it's kind of tucked back in there and it's just so enjoyable. It goes through the main part where the restaurant is. So I, I love it. Underrated makes me sad that I'm not there right now. I'm also sad that this episode has come to an end. Yes, that was fun. Um, I think we tend to get through about like eight questions. That's a good solid pace. Yeah, I do. I enjoyed this. This is something that I look forward to each month. So I can't wait until the next one. Yeah, maybe people could, uh, if they've got something they have opinion on and want us to bring it to the air, we can do over overrated, underrated on anything. Yeah, let's do it. So that's actually a good segue into all of our social media accounts. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's at Master the Mouse. There are some underscores in there, but if you just search Master the Mouse, you'll find us. 
and shoot us a tweet or a direct message or leave us a post and say, hey, what do you think about this? Is it overrated or underrated? We'll probably send you a message back, but if you want, we'll talk about it on the podcast too. It's a good way for you guys to interact with us and get our take on whatever you think. So that'd be a lot of fun. So do that. And while you're out on the internets, go out to iTunes and click that five-star review for us. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review as well. It would be awesome if you would do that, and we would most certainly appreciate it. Yeah. You know what's underrated, Aaron? What? iTunes reviews. (laughs) Underrated. I highly recommend them. So much so, they're very much underrated. Yes. Yeah. Please, everyone, uh, help to help help support us. Um, we love doing this, and uh, yeah, like Aaron said, there's uh, quite a presence out there on social media, so we'd love to interact with everybody. Absolutely. Well, on behalf of Master the Mouse Podcast and Griffin, I'm Aaron, and we'll see you real soon. See you guys.